Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined by Cleveland.com Indians beat writer Paul Hoynes. Paul, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, Joe. Uh, let's just jump right in. And the, the the big news, basically, of the of the weekend of the week is Josh Tomlin moving to the bullpen out of the starting rotation, and and sort of what this means for the Indians and and for Josh Tomlin uh, and and his career moving forward. I guess the big question, Paul, is do you envision a scenario under which Tomlin can pitch his way back into the starting rotation, or is this sort of a move towards the end for for somebody like Tomlin? Well, you know, Joe, I think it's probably the latter. Um, You know, he is a free agent at the end of the year. He's 33. Uh, You know, uh, Josh is one of those guys that's gotten the most out of his ability. Uh, I wouldn't count him out. You know, I, I'm not saying we've seen the last of Josh Tomlin, but this, uh, you know, this start to the season has been a little longer and a little, uh, you know, less successful than, than we've seen in the past. And, uh, you know, I would not be surprised. You know, I, I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think it, I think he'll, I think, you know, I think he can do a good job in the bullpen. I really do. I think he could be a two-inning guy. Uh, as we've, we've all seen him pitch well out of the pen. Um, uh, but as, as far as being a starter, it, it just depends, you know, who the Indians bring up, uh, who replaces them and how successful they are, because, you know, they really don't have a lot of, uh, of, of, of options, um, just where Tomlin's future is with the Indians. I think it depends, you know, how the people, the India that are lined up in the pipeline right now, how they do you know, as, as possible replacements, uh, for, for Tomlin, you know, first you've got Plutko, you've got uh, Ryan Merritt, who's on the DL right now. You've got Danny Salazar, uh, you know, all those guys eventually are going to get a look. Uh, the question is when and, and how long do they have to wait? Uh, but you know, I, I wouldn't count Tomlin out. I really wouldn't. I, I think he, he could help them in the bullpen, uh, can he get another shot in the rotation? I don't know. It just depends, you know, what happens. You know, they, you know, they, they, you know, it's it's an interesting kind of dynamic. We all know they 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 need help in the bullpen, uh, but you know they haven't been able to make that move yet. It's kind of early in the season to do that. So you know, most most organizations, well, if we can't fix the main problem, how how can we help this team? So let's try to make a strength even stronger. For the, with the rotation, and I think that's what they're looking to do right now. Most most fans with an outside perspective, or you know, you know, look at the situation and say, "Oh, well, he's given up 16 home runs. Uh, he hasn't won a game. He's you know, he's this and that. Uh, he, he doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have the stuff to get get guys out. Uh, you know, why don't you just cut him? Why don't you just release him? Why doesn't Terry Francona, you know, want to?" part with a guy like Josh Tomlin there's there's multiple reasons but you know from from what you're seeing what you've seen why does Terry Francona stick with Josh Tomlin and continue to give him as many chances as he does I think you know there's a couple reasons like you said Joe you know one he's the longest tenured Indian uh has a great deal of respect in the clubhouse you know he's one of the leaders in that clubhouse uh, I think if you if you sent if you cut him now if you you designate him for assignment I think that's that probably would not go over real well in the clubhouse I don't think you want to do that right now 
I think, uh, and Francona has a history of being loyal to players. And, uh, you know, he, he loves, he loves Tomlin. I mean, I mean, he, he makes no, uh, you know, he doesn't hide it. Uh, you know, those two play cribbage before every game, you know, they're, they're buddies. And, you know, I, 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 that doesn't mean, you know, Francona won't make a tough call if he, if he has, if he has to, we've seen that in the past, you know, Scott Atchison, we, we've seen guys that, you know, we're, we're good friends with him, that we're close with him. And, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, cut those guys loose. So, you know, I, in, at its heart, baseball is still a cold business like that, but I just don't see them doing that right now. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think they're going to give Tomlin a shot to find himself um, in the bullpen, get, get his mechanics checked out or, or, you know, kind of flushed out and, and repaired and, you know, maybe he helps him as a starter somewhere down the road here. And, and Josh Tomlin's not a guy to just sort of roll over and say, oh, well, that's it, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm washed up. Every time you talk to Josh Tomlin, even after a tough loss, every time he's in the interview room, you know, he w- will be the first to tell you he's always, you know, one, one or two fixes or, you know, some sort of mechanical tweak away from, you know, going out there and being able to compete and, and give you – you know, five, six strong innings to, to help you know, give you a chance to win. I don't think Josh Tomlin's confidence level is the issue here. I think it's, it, it, it is just something about a 33 year old pitcher who, you know, never was a, a guy who, you know, lit up the, the radar gun, but he, he was a pitcher's he, he pitched is what he did. He got guys out by missing barrels and his, his line that he keeps coming back to this year is he, he isn't missing too many barrels this year. And when that's the uh, the the case, then you know there, something has to has to happen. Do you think this all sort of comes to a head when the Indians start making moves in July to sort of retool that bullpen for the stretch run? Yeah, I think that's a good point, Joe. I mean, there, you, obviously, you, you only have twenty five spots on the roster, um, so if they make keep making additions, you you know you've got guys coming off the DL pretty soon here. You've got you know, you know, non-pitchers even, Zimmer and, and Chisenhall. And uh, uh, Zimmer, Chisenhall, you've got somebody else. Uh, Naquin. Naquin, right. And, uh, yeah, so they've got, you know, those guys coming off. Then, uh, you, you know, eventually, you know, you've got to give Merritt a look. I guess, you know, he's out of options. You don't want to lose him without at least giving him a shot, you know. Uh, so, you got Merritt, you've got Salazar, who's rehabbing, but I don't think we're going to see Salazar until after the All-Star game. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, so you've got all that come, coming together. And, you know, eventually the numbers catch up with everybody. And, and you know, unless Tomlin can turn it around, you know, I'm, that's probably what's going to happen to him. The, the chances of Josh Tomlin being a, a member of the Indians uh, on – August 2nd, you know, you put that at better than 50-50, less than 50-50. What do, you, what do you think? I think it's better than 50-50. I really do. I think, you know, I think there's, you know, it, it, this, isn't, this isn't college. This isn't high school. You know, it, it, you know, the bottom line is winning but in the big leagues. But I think there's a place for loyalty. It, uh, there's a place for what have you, your body of work that a player has put into an organization. And, uh, 
I think that that'll play a role with, with Tomlin. I don't know how long that'll take him, but I know he's, he's so well regarded in the organization that I, that I, 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 I still think, you know, he's going to, he, he's got a, you know, better than 50, 50 chance of finishing the regular season. With you know, we were talking in the office uh, earlier and, and, and you brought up a good point about another former Indians pitcher who was sort of on the backside of his career, Charlie Nagy, uh, who, you know, they had to make a, a tough decision there. And they, uh, like Tomlin, they probably could have made that call uh, a bunch of times before they did. You know, were, were any comparisons or, or, you know, just between yeah, the two, I think the two situations? Yeah, I think it's a good comparison, Joe. Uh, uh, you know, Nagy was, you know, you know, an original Indian. He uh, uh, had, I think, he, you know, he won 110 games for him. You know, he was he was one of those guys like Tomlin that you know kept his mouth shut and just did every anything and everything to help the team. And uh, I remember talking to Mark Shapiro, and, and his elbow was shot. Everybody knew it. You know, there was <laughs> the cartilage was gone. But, you know, and he, he got taken out of the rotation. He was, you know, he got a few spot starts. But, you know, I asked Shapiro, and he said, well, what are you going to do with this guy? And he goes, I'm not cutting him. I am just not cutting him. We, we, you know, he means too much to the franchise. And, and frankly, I like the guy. And uh, I think, you know, you, know, you can say that, that, that that's the wrong attitude to have in the big leagues. But, you know, I, I admired that. I really did. And, uh, you know, I think Charlie made, what, his last start in Cleveland. And, you know, he went out like, like he should have gone out, you know. So uh, I think, you know, if they can do the same thing with Tomlin. Now, obviously, they were in a different spot, too. You know, you, this is a team going for the, uh, you know, the postseason. That, that Charlie's last year, they, they were out of it. You know, so maybe that I'm sure that'll you know the competitive differences of the teams that's going to play a role. You know that, that I'm sure, you know if if these if the Indians don't start playing better and they and they and they're down going down the stretch in in a tight run, you know then then it's kind of all hands on deck and you need you, you've got to use everything you know you can to get to the postseason. Okay, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit uh, and go from one pitcher who is uh, universally renowned and beloved in the clubhouse to uh another pitcher who is universally uh just sort of sort of out there uh doing things that sort of make a manager scratch his head once in a while uh that's uh Trevor Bauer uh in, in the same week he continues to uh fan the flames of his his Twitter war with uh the the Houston Astros and you know, if, I guess if you're the the new guy in the prison block, you you pick the biggest, baddest guy in the yard, and you go up to him and punch him. That's the uh, that's the world champs. Uh, you know, Bauer's picking a fight with the uh, the best pitching staff in baseball. Uh, going back and forth with Lance McCullers and and Alex Bregman, we saw when the Indians were in Houston, he uh, taped the nickname Tyler on his uh, his jersey because Bregman uh, called him Tyler Bauer in a tweet. Um, we saw we saw him interact with fans and, and catch a ball behind his back in batting practice. It was like amazing. And he, he's, he's wowing these Houston fans. Uh, but then we, we see him go out the other night in, in Chicago and, and right in the dirt and write uh, you know, a personal message to one of his buddies that includes the, the numbers nine 11. And then, and then, and then wonder surprised why people are saying, Oh, he was insulting uh, the September 11th attacks. Uh, what do you make of the week that Trevor Bauer has had and, and how are the Indians and, and Terry Francona, you know, approaching 
the the continued saga of of Trevor Bauer. You know, I I think uh, in uh, in Houston, Joe. Uh, you know, uh, when when after t- uh, Trevor had put Tyler on his back on Friday night, and uh, I don't think he, he that was the last time he did that. So, but we asked uh, I asked uh, Francona about it Saturday, and he he, he kind of said. I just wish this whole thing would go away, <laughs> you know, and, and he said he had text uh, AJ Hinch, Houston's manager, kind of apologized for, for, you know, having put him on the firing line and answering questions about his staff. And, uh, you know, but, but for Trevor, this is just another week. I think this is just another week in his life. He, he likes to be in the eye of the storm. I think, I think this is a guy that, you know, if, you know, Whatever the message meant, you know, uh, uh, Tuesday night at, at, that he scratched in the in in the back of the mound at Wrigley Field. I mean, you know, if if you engage in social media as much as he does, if you troll as much as he does, and if you um, you know you pick as many fights as he does, you know, and 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 are as combative as he is. Well, this is going to happen. You know, you, you can't, this is your life. You, you, this is your, this is the way you live it. And, you know, you're going to get some feedback, even if, if, if it's, you try, you do the most innocent thing in the world. And, uh, you know, Trevor, you know, denied vehemently, uh, that, that this had anything to do with, with nine 11, uh, that the message was to, like you said, a friend of his and, uh, <laughs> But, but, you know, but he got, but he's caught up in this and he, and he kind of, you know, he shouldn't be scratching his head and wondering why, you know, this is, this is a byproduct of the, the way you conduct yourself. Now, if he was going out there and getting lit up uh, on the mound, there would be another story, but this is a guy who's not given up a run in 14 innings in his last two starts. And, you know, he's, he's figuring things out with his, his new pitch, his slider, He's really sort of taking those next steps that that a lot of us have expected him to take this year. It's really looking that way. So obviously the Indians are going to be a little more patient, a little more understanding. As long, I mean, if he's going out there and performing, then you know they'll live with uh, you know having to answer questions about a Twitter war with uh, the uh, the Astros and. You know, the the fun thing is we get to see the Astros come into town starting Thursday, and then the, the cherry on top, the icing on the cake is going to be Trevor Bauer gets what he wants. He gets Garrett Cole, his nemesis, former teammate, you know, whatever, uh, the, the subject of one of his spin rate uh, pine tar questions is, is going to be the opposition on Sunday in a, in a start at Progressive Field. Yeah, and you know Bauer is seven zero lifetime against the Astros. He's never lost to him. Uh, you know uh, he he was he he was dying to pitch against him over the weekend at at Minute Maid Park, and he's looking forward to this. This is you know he's never shied away from the big moment, whether he's performed in the big moment or not. He loves it. You know he pitched Game One of the ALDS last year, beat the Yankees, came back on short rest. Uh, in game four, I believe, uh, to, in, in, in New York. And it didn't go so well, but a lot of that wasn't his fault. Uh, but, uh, you know, so he likes his stuff. He, he, you know, I think it psychs him up. You know, I think some players, you know, you know some players just kind of want to stay in their lane and, and go about their business and, you know, not say boo. But I think other players, you know, 
they like the outside. They like the, the buzz, you know, the vibe. They like that, that uh, uh, you know, the drumbeat of it. They like, they, they think it helps them perform. And I think that it, it, that, that's what Bauer does. He likes the pressure. I, I guess even if it's self-created, he likes it. And maybe that, that ups his game and gets him to perform better. He, he really is sort of the anti-Corey Kluber. The, uh, you know, we see what we get out of Kluber every, every start, every five days. He's, he's stone-faced. He's in his routine. And, and Bauer will show more emotion on the mound. If he, you know, if he strikes somebody out in a big, uh, big spot in a game, he'll, he'll pump his fist or he'll talk to himself. And, and we've e- even seen him talk to the, to the opposition, and, you know, yeah. telling uh, Avisel Garcia to get back in the box. I mean, these are, these are the kinds of things – that uh, you know, make Trevor Bauer can't miss must see TV uh, every time he goes out and and pitches uh, for the Indians. All right, um, so that brings us to uh, some sad news uh, over this week. Uh, former Indians manager uh, Dave Garcia passed away at some point uh, in his in, in a managed care facility in San Diego. The the word got out uh, yesterday. Uh, Garcia managed uh, the Indians during a time when when they didn't do a lot of winning, but he managed them to about a, a 500 record in his his time with the team. Uh, I think his winning percentage is like 503, with uh, you know a, a club that really didn't have any names, or you know I think Dwayne Kuyper was probably the yeah. <laughs> the biggest name on the on the team. Uh, any any memories or thoughts on uh, Dave Garcia and his time with the Indians and uh, from what you know of the guy? Yeah, I never covered him, uh, Joe. Uh, I started the beat just after he was done. Uh, but I remember Sheldon Ocker talking about him. I remember, uh, you know, that he, you know, the guy was, you know, just a nice man, uh, you know, really a gentle guy, uh, you know, and uh, good to deal with from a reporter's point of view. And I just remember you had, you know, Rick Manning and, and, and Kuiper, and, you know, I think he had uh, Bly Levin and, and, and uh, Lenny Barker were on that staff. And he had this, this club, like, called the Dead End Kids. You know, they, they wanted you – know, they had T-shirts made up. And I, I remember, you know, Manning was a part of that and, and Kuiper was a part of that. And he just uh, – you know, he was just kind of an old-time baseball guy, like Charlie Manuel or uh, Johnny Goral one of those guys, that, or Doc Edwards, you know, one of the guys that had been in the game forever, had a million stories, and, uh, you know, knew the game inside and out. And, uh, you know, I think uh, he did a – he just – with what he had, he did a great job in, in Cleveland. And I'm, sur- I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, I'm just – I'm sorry for his family. And uh, what was he, 97? So he lived a good life. Yeah. Uh, 65 years in professional baseball, you know uh, – you know you're doing something right if you can stay around the game uh, for that long. And uh, Buddy Bell, Buddy Buddy Bell loved him. Buddy Bell, when he was managing in Colorado, brought Garcia back. I think Garcia kind of helped coach or, or at like at, at like seventy nine he did like seventy nine yeah. year old Garcia went what? back and helped. Yeah, he was on the bench with Buddy Bell. Buddy loved him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know that's that's the thing. A guy who's been around pro baseball for sixty five years. You're never going to hear anybody say, "Oh, well, this guy was this and that, or he was whatever." You always hear that he was a really nice guy because only the nice guys last that long. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's about it. I remember a Terry Pluto, Terry cover when he was covering the uh, Indians for the Plain Dealer. He would always say, "You know, Garcia had all these stories 
about the Texas League, you know, because I think that's where he spent most of his career, you know, play, as a player, you know, playing in the Texas League. So I, I always remember that. But I, I didn't hear any of those stories. But Pluto always said that, you know, he, they were nonstop. All right. So uh, just to, to take a look at, uh, you know, previewing this weekend coming up, Obviously, the, the Astros are, are in town, second matchup in, in, in two weeks with the, uh, the defending world champs. The, uh, the rotation works out pretty much the same way it did in Texas. We've got uh, Clevenger and Morton, uh, Kluber and Keuchel, Carrasco and McCullers. And if, if that game is anything like the, the one that you know, happened on Sunday, that, that you, you know, we're in for a, a fantastic pitch game on, on Saturday. Uh, and then, uh, like we mentioned before, Bauer and Cole on Sunday to wrap it up. Uh, what did, what do the Indians need to do to come away with uh, a split or win the series? Yeah, you know that's going to be tough. I mean, in, in uh, you know, uh, in Cole and uh, who's who's starting the first game for them? Uh, Morton. Morton. Yeah, Cole and Morton. You've got two guys that have lost one game between them, and then both have an ERA under two. So, you know, that, that's a tall order right there to, to, to be, beat those two guys. You know, Keuchel, they kind of, you know, had, had been uh, undefeated against them until Saturday, and they kind of, you know, they beat him. And, and, and uh, I think it was – but it ended up being a 5-4 game, but they jumped out to a big lead. You know, Gomes and uh, Brantley had home runs against them. Uh, and, and like you said, McCullers and Carrasco was a great game, I think uh, – you know, the two-run homer by McCann in the seven settled that. But until then, it was 0-0. I mean, and McCullers had pitched, what, had a perfect game going into mm-hmm. the fifth or sixth inning. So, uh, you know, I, I think you just got to – you got to pitch well. You got to play good defense. And you got to just score score a couple runs here and there, enough to win to, to uh, you know, just to even split this series. But, the, you know, the Indians have a, have a, have a pretty good history against the the Astros. I think they're 30, 30 and 20 overall against them. Uh, and they played well, they play well at home. So, but still, this is, if you want pitching, if you want, if you like pitching, if you like, uh, you know, clutch hitting or timely hitting, this is, this is a good series. If you're a fan of that, you should, this is a series you don't want to miss. If, if I said that the Indians would hit eight home runs in the, over the four games this weekend, do you think the Indians split the series, win the series, or lose the series? That's a good one. Uh, I think they might split. I think they'd split. I guess it depends who's on base, too, if anybody's on base when they hit those home runs. Right. Well, well you know, I bring up the home runs because the, the home run has been such an important part of the Indians' offense so far this year. The, you know, the percentages or the number of runs that they've scored uh, via the home run, it, it's it, – among the, the highest in baseball they're, they're among the, uh, the league leaders uh and and we've seen with with jose ramirez obviously uh, hitting what number 14 the other night at Wrigley field yeah. uh you know this is a team that's going to continue to hit home runs uh i, I think they haven't slowed down one bit yeah i mean in, in the top of the order joe i mean i think they've scored more the most they've scored the most runs in in the big leagues in may you know and you've got lindor uh, Lindo Ramirez, Brantley Ramirez, you know, really, you know, they're all hitting over 300. I mean, I think Ramirez and, and Lindo are hitting over 400 in May. Then, uh, you know, if you can get Edwin Encarnacion going, uh, you know, that's, 
But those top three guys, they, they're really dangerous. So they're going to set the table. They set the tone. And, uh, and uh, you know, Alonzo, Yonder Alonzo had had a couple – had three hits last night. I mean, Monday night, or Tuesday night. So, you know, th- this is a good lineup. And like you said, they, but they live on the long ball and, and you kind of live and die by it. But I think you have to get a little more uh, creative. You got to get some runners on base. And uh, it helps if somebody's on base when you hit those home runs. <laughs> All right. Last thing, uh, we'll wrap it up a bit before we let you go. Um, Melky Cabrera comes up, makes his debut uh, with the Indians uh, over the weekend. Uh, his first game with the Indians, throws out a runner at second base. Second game with the Indians on Tuesday, throw, or I'm sorry, third base, throws yeah, out a runner for, for second game at second base. I mean, uh, and and really, all the questions about Melky Cabrera were were going to be about his defense and and you know what what the Indians would lose putting him out there in right field defensively, and, and here he comes out uh, you know gunslinging in the, his first couple of games with the Indians. Yeah, those are two nice throws, but <laughs> Joe, he kind of had some problems <laughs> Tuesday night going back on the ball. So I, you know. Catching the ball and throwing the ball are two different things for Melky, I think. So let's let's keep our fingers crossed because you you're right. He made two really good throws, accurate throws throughout Bregman at third, and I think uh, I don't know. You got some, one of the Cubs guys at second base uh, uh, Tuesday night. Um, so uh, and and he had a double too, an RBI double. So you know, I think uh, you know, I think you know. The, they're, they've got so many outfielders coming back. I wonder, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how Francona uses him. You know, is he a pinch hitter? How much time does he get in the outfield? Uh, but right now with his bat and, and being a switch hitter, I think they had four switch hitters in the lineup last night. Francona loves that. So, you know, that, that's really going to help them. And I think uh, it gives them a boost. It's, it's like making a deal and you, you get, you know, a proven veteran hitter. But uh, – and, and you've got enough people, I think, where you could, you know, start him and then defense him late in the game if you have to, you know, bring in a defensive replacement. Right. All right, Paul, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here and look forward to this weekend with the Astros in town, and we will talk to you again next time. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.